Welcome back to Generals and Napoleon. Episode 11, Marshal Poniatowski, Prince of Poland. Before we begin, if you'd like to support this podcast monetarily, please go to our page on anchor.fm and click the support button. You can start contributing for just 99 cents per month. We thank you in advance for any and all donations. Now, on to our episode. To learn about the noble prince, we must first learn a little about that time period in Polish history. This was a particularly brutal time for the country of Poland. Its borders and kingdom were dismembered and partitioned by its greedy, more powerful neighbors, Russia, Prussia, and Austria. Poniatowski's uncle, King Stanislaus, was noble, but tried to appease everyone and succeeded in making no one happy. The king was elected to his position in 1764. He was an aristocrat and former lover of Catherine the Great of Russia. He tried several reforms to strengthen his position and his country, with mixed results. The first partition of Poland occurred in 1772. Previous to this, the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth was one of the largest and most populous countries of the 16th and 17th centuries. Although the Commonwealth had several generations of prosperity, their armies went into decline and they had no navy. They had few fortresses and even fewer roads. As a result of this decline in power, their stronger neighbors, Austria, Russia, and Prussia, pounced. This first partition resulted in the loss of 30% of Poland's territory or 81,000 square miles, and the absorption of 5 million people into other countries. This significantly weakened Poland's influence on the world stage. These losses hurt tax revenues, crop harvests, and the ability to build a large army. A second partition of Poland occurred in 1793, but only Prussia and Russia participated in the land grab that year. The third partition, by all three neighbors in 1795, virtually wiped Poland off the map. King Stanislaus abdicated his throne and was taken to St. Petersburg, Russia to spend his remaining days. Meanwhile, the Polish nobles and people seethed with anger and anguish at seeing their country torn apart. The king's nephew, the future marshal, Joseph Anton Poniatowski, was born as a prince on May 7, 1763. His father, Andre, was brother to the king and an officer in the Austrian army. Joseph's mother was of Czech and Italian descent. Tragically, Poniatowski's father died when he was 10 years old, and his mother was an invalid at that time and thus unable to take care of the young prince. Poniatowski was born in Vienna, and a large part of his schooling took place there. He was tutored in military history, music, and the languages of French, German, and Russian. He was not taught the Polish language, but learned it from his household and staff. In 1780, he joined the Austrian army as a junior cavalry officer. 
His performance, combined with his connections and lineage, won him promotion quickly. By 1786, he was a colonel in the Austrian army. A year later, he was on a mission in Kiev, Russia, for Catherine the Great. In 1788, he finally received his baptism of fire in Austria's war against the Ottoman Empire. He served as an aide-de-camp to the Austrian emperor at that time. Poniatowski volunteered to lead a charge of troops into the fortress of Sabach. He reached the ramparts, but was severely wounded by an exploding shell. Allegedly, he saved the life of a younger colleague, Prince Schwarzenberg. Those of you familiar with the Napoleonic story know that we will hear this name later in Leipzig. In 1789, as a part of King Stanislaus' military reforms, Poniatowski was named Major General and received a division of troops to command. Not bad for a 26-year-old. Later that year, he was recalled to court by his uncle, but he never enjoyed the subtlety of politics and diplomacy. He was tasked with training a reserve army of 100,000 Polish troops. Poniatowski's specialty was cavalry, but he learned the nuances of infantry and artillery during this time. In 1792, the land-grabbing neighbors invaded Poland again, and Poniatowski's troops were put to the test. They initially won several small battles against the Russians, but were short of every kind of equipment, food, weapons, clothing, transport, and the Polish logistical system was non-existent. After his pleas for resupply and reinforcement went unanswered, Poniatowski was forced to retreat. However, in June, Poniatowski and the Polish army turned at bay and counterattacked the Russians. Polish troops notched their first major battle victory at Zylans. The Russians suffered 2,000 casualties, while the Poles only had 1,000 on their end. But the Polish army again had to pull back due to lack of supplies. The pessimistic King of Poland sued for peace and signed the Convention of Targowitz. In short, the old king didn't have the belly for it. Poniatowski was disgusted that his uncle had given up so easily. He resigned his command and went into exile for a decade, waiting for the right moment to lead Poland to glory again. For 11 years, the dismembered populace of Poland was smoldering with unrest. Then, a French upstart general named Napoleon beat the Austrian three times, then the Prussians, then the Russians. You can see why Poniatowski and his fellow countrymen threw their lot in with the emperor. Poniatowski's dream was to liberate Poland and other oppressed peoples in Eastern Europe. Unfortunately, Poland wasn't to be free for another century. But during the brief reign of Napoleon, they had a glimmer of hope. Napoleon is even mentioned in Poland's national anthem. Quote, Poland has not yet perished. So long as we still live, what the foreign force has taken from us, we shall with saber retrieve. March, march, Dabrowski. From Italy to Poland, under your command, we shall 
rejoin the nation. We'll cross the Vistula. We'll cross the Warta. We shall be Polish. Bonaparte has given us the example of how we should prevail. End quote. In December 1806, Napoleon met his main mistress during the Polish campaign, Marie Valeska. She was young and beautiful, but married to an elderly Polish nationalist who was once a chamberlain to King Stanislaus. Prince Poniatowski and General Duroc, a friend of Napoleon's, encouraged the pairing and told her 77-year-old husband to allow the affair as it would benefit Poland in the long run. Indeed, Napoleon's love affair with Marie was a long-lasting one. And in 1810, they had an illegitimate son, Alexander Colonna Valeski. He lived until 1868 and still has a number of descendants to this day. Marie visited Napoleon during his first exile on Elba. She died a few years later of kidney disease in 1817. Poniatowski himself never married, but he had many partners and was known as quite the ladies' man. He had two children out of wedlock. One son was singer Zilia Sitanska in 1791, and then he had a daughter, Carol, in 1809. In the city of Warsaw during 1807, Poniatowski met with the leading edge of Napoleon's forces, the troops of the flamboyant Marshal Murat. As a sign of respect, Murat wore a Polish uniform adorned with green velvet tunic, embroidered boots, and a Polish cap encrusted with gems. As a fellow cavalryman, the prince and the marshal got along well. Napoleon didn't trust Poniatowski initially, but eventually warmed up to him after he performed miracles with the Polish army. Following the Treaty of Tilsit, where peace was declared between Russia and France, Napoleon left the Iron Marshal Davu to administer the new Grand Duchy of Warsaw. Poniatowski was appointed defense minister and tasked to rebuild the Polish army, which he did with gusto. His chivalrous nature jibed well with the stern militaristic Davu. In 1807, the Polish army had 30,000 troops. Napoleon yoked their strength and utilized several Polish regiments in his Spanish invasion. Three years later, Poniatowski had built it up to 56,000 troops with infantry, cavalry, artillery, and engineer regiments. In 1809, when a resurgent Austria challenged the Emperor at Bagram, his division of 14,000 troops ran into a stiff, bloody battle at Razin against the Austrians, who had twice as many troops. Poniatowski led from the front and participated in an infantry bayonet charge, but he lost 1,400 troops versus only 600 for the Austrians. However, this tactical draw provided a lot of confidence to the rebuilt Polish army. In October 1809, peace was declared between Austria and France in the Treaty of Schönbrunn. The Grand Duchy of Warsaw doubled its size with its territorial gains. After the peace was concluded, 
Napoleon awarded Poniatowski with the Legion of Honor in recognition of his services to the empire. The years of 1810 and 1811 were full of offers from the Russian Tsar to incorporate Poniatowski's army into the Russian army. This greatly disturbed Napoleon, along with Tsar Alexander's refusal to adhere to the continental system. Poniatowski attended the baptism of Napoleon's son, the King of Rome, in 1811. While there, he suggested a far more southerly route for the invasion of Russia through Ukraine. It had a warmer climate, more grain to support the army, and Poniatowski knew the countryside well. But Napoleon rejected this proposal. In 1812, the die was cast and the invasion of Russia was put into motion. Poniatowski's army was thrilled at first with his opportunity to get retribution against their Russian oppressors. The Poles provided almost 100,000 troops to the Grand Armée, including a large contingent of Lithuanian troops. But the horrific battles, diseases, and blizzards of the Russian campaign soon brought misery to Napoleon's entire army. At the Battle of Smolensk in August, Poniatowski distinguished himself, leading several assaults against the city. He also used his cannons in the skirmisher lines to pummel dug-in Russian positions. His troops suffered 2,000 casualties. The next month, at the Battle of Borodino, he again performed wonders in taking a huge defensive earthwork prepared by the Russians. His troops, along with the rest of Napoleon's army, then occupied Moscow. This must have brought some deep satisfaction to them after their country had been obliterated in part by the Russians. But Poniatowski maintained strict order on his troops during the occupation. However, in one battle during the retreat from Moscow, he was involved in a, quote, desperate charge of cavalry. Poles and Russians, animated by a mutual hatred, fought with the utmost fury. Excited by combat, they gave no quarter, end quote. Poniatowski was later severely injured and had to leave his remaining 5,000 troops to recuperate in Warsaw. Once he recovered from his injuries, the prince went to work in rebuilding the Polish army. By 1813, Poniatowski had assembled several thousand troops to assist Napoleon at Leipzig. The so-called Battle of Nations was one of the largest of the Napoleonic era, involving over a half a million soldiers. Leading the Allied army against Napoleon and Poniatowski was Prince Schwarzenberg the same man who Poniatowski had saved years before. Before the epic battle began, Napoleon promoted Poniatowski to Marshal of France. Part of this promotion was a result of his service to the emperor, but the main goal was to energize his Polish contingent of troops. It also sent a message to Napoleon's wavering allies that the esteemed rank of marshal was open to all nationalities, not just Frenchmen. On receiving this honor, Poniatowski remarked, quote, I am proud to be the leader of the Poles. When one has a unique title superior to that of marshal, 
the title of Generalissimo of the Poles, nothing else matters. Besides, I am going to die, and I prefer to die as a Polish general and not as a Marshal of France. End quote. Unfortunately, this statement was prophetic, and the battle didn't go according to Napoleon's plan. The Allies' sheer weight of numbers began to force the issue, and the Emperor reluctantly ordered a hasty retreat. Due to poor planning by Napoleon and Marshal Berthier, there was only one bridge for retreat out of Leipzig. On the morning of October 19th, the Emperor entrusted Poniatowski with the defense of the southern part of Leipzig for the retreat. He responded by saying, quote, Sire, I have but few followers left, end quote. The emperor responded, quote, what then? You will defend it with what you have, end quote. The new marshal replied, ah, sire, we are all ready to die for your majesty, end quote. Later, a nervous corporal prematurely blew up the bridge before the French were safely out of the town. MacDonald, Oudinot, and Ponitowski's corps were cut off from the retreat. The leader of the Poles had suffered several wounds during the battle. Despite pleas from his men, he refused to surrender. He and MacDonald plunged their horses into the river to escape Leipzig. Ponytowski received a bullet wound to the chest as he made his way across the river. Faint from loss of blood, he made it to the opposite riverbank, but his horse was swept away. He tried to mount another horse, but his strength failed him, and he was swept away and drowned. Marshal MacDonald made it across and reported the prince's death to Napoleon. A few days later, his body was recovered, and buried with honors fitting his rank, and was laid to rest alongside the kings of Poland. After the death of their leader, Napoleon summoned the remaining Polish troops to see if they wished to remain in his service or return home. Poniatowski's successor, General Sokowski, lost heart after the disastrous result at Leipzig. Napoleon commended the Poles on their valiant service. He said the troops could return home, but only individually. He didn't want to send a large body of defeated troops streaming past his garrisons at Danzig and along the Polish border. The troops briefly considered their options and then responded with a resilient Vive l'Empereur, and Sokowski returned to Poland almost by himself. During the last campaign of the empire, the defense of France in 1814, Napoleon still had 8,000 Polish troops under his banners. Poniatowski was the second to last man to be made marshal by Napoleon, Grouchy being the last, and he had the shortest stint as marshal, just three days. His battle record was two wins and three losses. In 1829, a statue was erected in Warsaw in honor of Poniatowski. It was destroyed during World War II, but later rebuilt. Appropriate that his statue was rebuilt after a dark time, very similar to the resilient country of Poland itself. Thanks for joining us. Join us next time when we'll hear about the cordial Marshal Mortier, 
probably the only marshal to be universally liked by his brother marshals.